Hello, curiosity seekers and adventurous thinkers. Welcome to Applied Curiosity Lab Radio, the podcast for the relentlessly curious. This season, our host and Applied Curiosity Lab's chief curiosity seeker, Becky Saltzman, will be sharing the studio with ACL's chief experience producer and favorite sister, Jennifer Felberg. The lens is, and always will be, curiosity. Each week, fun informal conversations center around one delectable curiosity bite, designed to give your brain the time and ideas to think about thinking, to flex your curiosity muscle, and maybe even revolutionize the way you think. When I was in real estate, there was one event, one house that we were listing that changed how I looked about stuff forever. It had been in the same family forever. The guy who had died in the house had no kids, no one that would inherit any of his stuff. And he had been an electrician. He had been born in the house and he had died at like 80 something years old in the house. And it was a beautiful old house, tons of furniture and knickknacks and brick and brack. And also a lot of electronic history, like books and gadgets. It was fascinating. But there was no one who wanted his stuff. And the executor of the estate had hired us and he was trying to figure out the best and most expedient way to kind of get rid of the stuff, get the house on the market. And so a lot of the stuff was just going into the dumpster and people were dumpster diving, including like estate sale people were dumpster diving because there was, I remember there were these tassels that were supposedly really valuable, but to whom? I mean, who was going to take the time to go through and put it on eBay and for what, right? So that happened very close to the time that we were moving. And so I had an opportunity to kind of look at our stuff. Do we want to pack this? Do we not want to not pack this? And I was just in purge mode because I realized we collect these albums, this stuff. And then who wants all these old albums, especially now when everything's digital, right? So I was going through these boxes and I was like, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. And I just said, okay, screw it. And I just threw the box away. Come to find out that we were, Stephen said, oh, where's our wedding album? Um, it had oh. been like a couple of years later. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and I thought, uh-oh. I think I was a little overzealous in my purging. But my whole relationship with stuff was totally changed by that event. And that led me to question whether I get the most out of the stuff I purchase. And what does it mean to get the most out of the stuff I purchase? And how do I value stuff? Not that I'm being like Marie Kondo, do I, does everything spark joy? But the curiosity bite that I have for you and everyone is, did you get the best result from what you purchased last? Okay, so I have wanted a white, specifically a white leaf for a long time. Ever since the leaf came out, I just, for some reason, just love it. Those cars? Yes. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not a white leaf falling from the sky. <laughs> no, one of those cars, those electric cars. Yeah. And I wanted one so badly. And one of my friends got one. I was so jealous. Finally, we got a little chunk of money and I was going to buy a leaf, the car. And talking to you and Steven, who you guys, Steven in particular, does a lot of research on a lot of stuff. And he knows a lot about energy efficiency and things like that. But he said, you know, what I've read about the leaf is not safe and, you know, different things that aren't great about it. But I wanted one so badly. And you finally said to him, just let her get it. She's going to get it. You know, she wants it. Just let her get it. And I and of course, you were right. And I did. 
and I have gotten everything I want out of it. I love my leaf. I love how cute it is. I love how it drives. I love how it makes little cute noises. I love that I don't have to go to the gas station or get my oil changed. I love it. I think that speaks to the whole idea of best result. So for you, the best result wasn't the safest car. I mean, you haven't tested that result and hopefully you won't have to, right? Knock on wood. Knock on wood. But your best result was the cuteness, the efficiency, the fun of it. And so you got the best result. Now, that that wasn't what you purchased last, but that was a purchase that you- True. That you- really feel it was a significant purchase. I purchased coffee last. Did you get the best result from that? Totally. I needed caffeine and it put me in a good mood so much so that I look at you with love in my eyes. That's the caf- that's called Woo! caffeine goggles. Yeah, I got, I got caffeine goggles. <laughs> yes, definitely got the result I needed. Let's see how long it lasts. A friend of mine, Jeff Gersh, told me I, I, he's kind of an environmental guru and does a lot of documentaries, environmental documentaries. And I was asking him how he shops differently now that he is so in tune to environmental issues. And he said, I I really look at any kind of purchase or major kind of medium to major purchase with the long-term effect. Now, how much do I really need it? Can I get along without it? How much will I use it? What will happen when it's, when it's, when I'm done with it? I remember as the new Energy Star uh, mm-hmm. appliances were coming into being, and one of the big things was these Energy Star furnaces that were like 80 and then 90 and then 96% efficient. And a lot of those furnaces were replacing these big old behemoth furnaces. Maybe they were oil furnaces or they had been coal or sawdust converted to oil that had been in place. Sawdust? Yeah, sawdust. Yeah, there were these old, old sawdust furnaces. That furnaces. They were big, huge behemoths. But even though they've been chugging along for 50 years, they were like 60% or at best 70% efficient. So the push was to get these Energy Star efficient furnaces that would chug along at 90 and 96%, 94% efficiency with all sorts of electronics. And I remember asking, we were kind of learning about all these things. And I remember asking, well, if this is at 70% efficiency, but has been chugging along for 50 years, and these new furnaces have a lifespan of 10 to 15 years, what happens with the crap that you throw away? How do you think about that in terms of energy efficiency? So that's where Jeff kind of made me think, when you buy stuff, how long will you use it? How long will it give you joy? And then what happens when you get rid of it? And then how long does it become kind of a burden because it's just taking up space or you feel buyer's remorse? Yeah. Do you have anything that you purchase like that that you think, why did I why did I buy that? Oh, there's so many things in our storage and in our garage that we have purchased and yeah, just taking up space. But I am not a stuff person. Sonny is a stuff person. He likes knickknacks and tchotchkes and it drives me crazy. That's why he has his own space for his tchotchkes. But what are you gonna do with all that stuff? I mean, you keep like your employee, you know, of the quarter yeah, plaque from that. 1980, you know, eight, you know. <laughs> what the uh, heck am I going to do with that? Thanks so much. But it's glass and it's etched. I much, I think I would have preferred a little bonus or something like that. Don't give glass. Give oh. me, give me some money. Although honey. one time I got a appreciation gift that was like an etched glass thing, but it was a, a vase. So I could at least use the vase. Yeah, we need another vase like a hole in the the head. head. There was a study done by the National Institutes of Health, and they used these fMRIs or these functional MRIs to scan people's brains while they tasted wine that, contrary to reality, 
they believe to be different and sold at different prices. Okay, can I just ask a quick question? Mm-hmm. How do you get into that study? Per- particular study. <laughs> because sign this homegirl up. <laughs> that you're not weird. Western, educated, industrialized, what are the, I can't remember the other parts of the acronym that stand for all the people that usually are used on college campuses for studies. I'm getting on that college campus. Getting on anyway, that. Anyway, what was the study? Well, they, sorry. they show that people that the higher the price of the wine, the higher the reports of deliciosities. Like people said, ooh, this is more delicious, the higher the price of the wine. Oh, God. But they also found, and I think this is, you know, that you can kind of guess that, which is a little obnoxious, mm-hmm. but they also found that the blood oxygen level dependent activity in the medial orbital frontal cortex, and this is the area of the brain that is thought to encode for how we experience pleasure, they found that there was um, higher activity in that area. So our psychology is driven by neurophysiology, and the neurophysiology did support that the higher the price, the higher the level of experiencing pleasure. And they've also found that most people are happier with their purchases if they spend more money. I don't know. I mean, most. Most what? Most people. Most people. Well, I was going to say, I tend to look and like the high quality stuff, but I can't afford the high quality stuff. And when I can, it gives me pleasure, but not because it's expensive, but because you can really tell the difference like with clothes or I was just looking at carpet because we're redoing the carpet in our rooms. And I, of course, gravitated to the most expensive carpet. And when I can afford something like that, it does bring me a lot of joy. It's not necessarily because of the money I spent, but because you can tell sometimes the quality, like quality clothes. And I suppose if you really knew a lot about wine, like you could probably, I I wouldn't know about wine as much, but like if you gave me different tequilas, I think you would know for wine. Like I wouldn't, I, if you gave me different tequilas, I would definitely get more pleasure out of a better tequila. And usually that costs more. more. I would argue that I don't get more pleasure out of things that when I spend more money, but I will clarify that because I would say that I get more pleasure out of things that cost other people more money that I get for less. So for example, (laughs) when I go to like the rack, Nordstrom rack, or I'll go to like Century 21. When I'm in New York, I always go to Century 21. I go to that designer area and I look, you know, for the Dolce Gabbana. And if I see something that was like $5,000 marked down to $50, I would get a lot more pleasure out of that than I would get a $50 something that is kind of probably similar oh yeah bargain shopper bargain shopper but it has to but that but has the to do with quality it's the quality still sometimes it's the relativity though i'm oh. not sure it's always quality because there's some things w- about which i can't judge quality i there's things that i just don't know enough about to judge quality so sometimes it's the relativity it's, mm-hmm. it's that i know that other people have spent this much but i only spend that much i'm not sure i think that that really goes to the whole idea of people now saying it's not the things that you buy it's the experiences that you've had you have and there's actually mixed mixed results in terms of the research behind that i mean it it makes intuitive sense that the experiences you have last longer in terms of measure of pleasure whatever even though it's just all about memory anyway right yeah but i think that now that more people are sharing their experiences so we have that relative comparison I'm sh- I think it's becoming closer in terms of how much we enjoy it. It's becoming closer closer and closer to material things where we can compare material things. Meaning when we were growing up, we went to Seaside Beach for spring break. Which was awesome. Which we had such a blast. When we got fancy, maybe we went to Palm Springs, right? Or, you know, California or something. But for the for some of our friends, they were going to Europe. 
now or even Hawaii, right? And yeah. we, I never, I never had been to Hawaii, so the closest I would come to even understanding what we were missing by going to Seaside was maybe if they got their pictures back, developed and back a couple of weeks later, we saw it and looked at some pictures. But now, when I see all of these people going to spring break to Corfu or Corfu, Corfu, it's <laughs> Corfu, or they go to, um, you know, they go Cambodia. to Cambodia, Cambodia, Vietnam. Where's Corfu though? I want to go to Corfu. <laughs> Corfu. I pity the foo who goes to Corfu. <laughs> In a study that was published in Psychological Science, they, researchers found that people were happier if they spent on things that matched their personality. Big Duh. surprise. <laughs> and this was this was real research. Like, wow, Jeez. we found out that if you are an extrovert, you're going to have more fun spending money on going to the pub than if you're an introvert where, you're ha- where you'll be happier s- spending your money on a book, for example. Now, that's deep. You know... I'm glad that they did that research because I wouldn't have known that. (laughs) What about products that can buy experiences like Mm -hmm. a bike or a book or a car or a boat or an airplane? Are the products that can buy experiences different than like your Instapot, for example? I love my Instapot. I use it all the time. You should get one. It gives me pleasure. But I mean, okay. so when does the actual product end and the experience begin? I mean, when you're looking at a piece of art, is it the experience of looking at the art or is it the piece on your wall itself? I don't even know the difference. I will say that if I one of the things I spend my money on that I love are clothes and shoes. I love clothes and shoes. And I'm constantly telling myself, no, no, no. And then I see something that just takes my breath away and I have to buy it and and, and, and own it. And then I look in my closet and I'm like, holy crap, there's a lot <laughs> of crepel in there that I do not wear. And some of the things, I, mean, there's, I think of this one flamingo shirt that I bought <laughs> that I bought in Palm Springs. And it, you know, it was a really cool store, my favorite store in Palm Springs that I love going to. But I bought this flamingo shirt. And a couple of times I put it on and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? But it's kind of cute in my closet. <laughs> It gives color to your it closet. Goes, yes. There you go. Something so. other than black. It's pink. <laughs> with these, it's really I should or gray. Yeah, uh, yeah, not black or gray. But you said to me, I think, what was your? You said what was your, one of your favorite purchases most recently? My mat. Well, this wasn't recently, but my favorite purchase that gives me the most pleasure is my mattress. We bought a number of. I mean, it's been years, but at the time we splurged on a natural latex mattress, and part. Our mattress was old, partly because I read about the dust mites, and then I read about how the fact that latex kind of keeps the dust mites out. But every time I lay down on that every night, I get pleasure. But that's because I'm using it over and over. I'm not even choosing because it's like I got to sleep somewhere. So do I don't... look forward to going to bed. I do. I mean, sometimes I look forward to just laying in it because it's so comfortable. And that pleasure probably was higher when it was novel, mm-hmm. when the old mattress and the new mattress distinction was fresher. Mm-hmm. But certainly, I have tons of pleasure from that mattress every night. How about you? Do you have anything like that? I mean, your car, but like long, long term, that car is fairly new. It's funny when you were talking, I was thinking about when we bought our house because I always wanted to live in the neighborhood that I'm living in. And and, because you were saying it was a it was novel at first when we moved into our house and we'd walk around our neighborhood. It was like, I cannot believe we're here. And probably for You know, I would even say for a year, we were like, I cannot believe we're here. Now we just walk around, we take it for granted. It still gives me pleasure if I think about it. But yeah, 
that feeling was the same as your mattress. Well, that's just why we have to learn to find the mystique and the mundane. Yes. Well, I remember when the iPhone came out. Remember when the iPhone came out and it came preloaded with that U2 album Mm -hmm. and people were just up in arms. How dare you download something on my device without my choice? And so now I think about free. So many things are free. And how do we value possessions that are free? For example, if Sonny gave you a gift and I'm he very got- willing to take that gift, Sonny. But you that. found out he got it for free. Would that change how you felt about the gift if he didn't tell you? No, I, I don't think so. What if you found out he had paid $500 for the gift? I'd be angry at him. <laughs> <laughs> so it does change how you... <laughs> what if a friend gave you a gift and it was just, oh my God, some really cool gift. And you thought, oh my. I'm happy to take that if Okay, wants but what to if you me. found out they got it for free? I'd be fine with that. What if you found out they paid $500 for it? I would feel guilty. I would feel like, oh God, I can't reciprocate that. So yeah, would, it does change. It does change. Yeah. And does our sense of ownership, how does our sense of ownership relate to replacement cost? So if you knew that this was given to you for free, would you value it differently if the replacement cost was high, medium, low? Hmm. I haven't thought about that. Do you value things you win differently when you know that they are, let's just say you like them. It's not just a piece of crap thing that you win that you just want to throw away. But like, let's say it's something you like. Do you value it differently if the replacement cost is high? I don't think so. Oh, really? I don't think so. Let's just say you couldn't sell it. Because if you could sell it, you then the answer would have to be yes, because you could sell it and you make a lot of money and True. do something else. True. I guess. Yeah, I guess you're it's uh, a good point. I think that the way we value things is different. You know, there's that Marie Kondo tidying up and doesn't give us joy. But I think that we're shifting to a society where it's less about ownership and more about access. And you think about home ownership. I think in 2016 was the lowest rate of home ownership in like 40 or 50 years. Really? Yeah. And then in 2018, I think it dropped to, I want to say like 64%. And it's been dropping. The rate of home ownership has kind of been dropping and dropping and dropping. And obviously, people can say that's because it's because maybe employment has become untethered from income and people don't make enough money. Yeah. Or maybe it's because people now are more location independent and they don't want to be tied down in a way that they used to be where you got a job someplace and that's where you're going to work. And so that's where you buy a home. Do they count like mobile home? ownership or tiny home with things that can move and change? But mobile homes don't really, actually mobile homes, so they probably don't because a mobile home on owned land is real estate. Right. A mobile home on leased land is personal property and mobile homes aren't quite as mobile once they're placed and hooked up and everything. So I don't think, I think it's probably home ownership would be if they did count mobile homes, which I'm sure they would, if the mobile homes were on owned lands because that would be that would be real. That would be real estate. Mm. I com- I want to get to. Uh, I compiled a list. Oh, a you f- did kind of a fun list. I think a list. It's not a. Yeah, I just took it from different places and I picked the most interesting ones. Okay, and it's the best purchases so far for 2019. Okay, go. One is the bread shaped pillow. It's a pillow shaped like a loaf of bread. Why is it like for ergonomically? No, better, just it's just cute. Oh. Is it shaped, <laughs> is it brown with like a crust or is it just shaped like a... It looks like a big, not French bread, but like... Is it colored like French bread? Yes. I mean, oh, it's colored. So it's no, like... No, it looks like... Oh, you said shaped. 
shaped. It's shaped like a loaf of bread, and it looks like a loaf of bread. Okay. Yeah. Sliced or just a loaf? <laughs> it's just a loaf. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I think that I could pass on that giving... Uh, okay. I don't think that would spark joy Okay, for me. So the next one I might be interested in, it's an inflatable swimming pool lounger that is motorized so you can move around the pool with it. I kind of like that because sometimes when you have your drink in your hand... And I've got this kind of rotator cuff problem. So if I had my drink in my left hand and the only way I could motor around the pool was with my right arm, it would hurt my shoulder. So I think I want one of those. Yeah. Or the shade comes in and you want to be in the sun. So you have to move into the sunny spot instead of like splashing yourself to the next, to the sunny spot. Okay. That reminds me when the, the remote controls first were, <laughs> this ages me a lot, but that reminds me <laughs> when the remote controls first came out with the TV. And I thought to myself, who would ever be so lazy as to not get up and change the channel? This is next level laziness. I know. I totally remember that when the remote <laughs> controls came out. It's like, well, because we used to just sit in close to the TV so that we could change the channel. I didn't. I would get up and change the channel. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Okay, what's next? (laughs) Okay. How about the Chihuahua taco holder? It's a Chihuahua that holds a taco. This is just crap. No, it's not crap. It's these are the people spend money on this stuff. Okay. That's because I bet you the 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 money spent on that particular thing correlates positively with the legalization the the states that have legalized <laughs> marijuana well, rec- recreational marijuana. marijuana. Well then that goes with the next one. It's a stupaholic portable pizza pouch. So it's a necklace that you wear around that holds a slice of pizza so you can just bend down and take a bite of your pizza. Oh, God. This is the beginning of the end of civilization as we know it. There's a few more that I think could be useful. Like, I just pushed my glasses back, right? You're Mm -hmm. constantly pushing your glasses back. Mm -hmm. There's a nerd wax. It's called nerd wax that's like chapstick that you put on the bridge of your nose so that your glasses don't slide down. Okay, I would totally get that. That's good, huh? Yeah, because, yeah. Because especially sometimes when I'm working out with my glasses and they're sliding and sliding and you ha- you're holding onto a dumbbell. Yeah. Like like a body pump. That actually, okay. See? That would give me pleasure. It, you, I was warming you up. Okay. I was the warming other you ones up. were really stupid. But it, it was warming you up, okay. right? Because if I would have started with that, you probably would have been like, oh yeah, big deal. But because I started with the stupid <laughs> ones. <laughs> I wouldn't have valued that purchase as much. You might like this one. It's called the bripe. And it is. Let me guess what it is. Okay. Yeah. What is a bripe? Bripe. It's when you are threatened <laughs> that if you don't do something, you're going to get hit with a hard banana. Not even close. Oh. It is a pipe that brews coffee. So you put the coffee in and the water and you blow and it brews, it heats up and it brews coffee, just a little shot of it in your pipe. You blow it? You, yeah, like you're smoking a pipe, but you blow out? Maybe, I don't know if you blow out or blow in to tell you the truth, but I would think you were blowing out. Okay. Maybe you suck it in and then it heats it up and it, yeah, and it brews it. Yeah, that's probably what it's called. I might take the pizza pouch over that. (laughs) (laughs) What's next? This next one is called, maybe you touched your genitals hand sanitizer. I think that would be good for five-year-olds. Yes. Why? Because I remember when I was teaching the kids about privacy and kind of the beginning stages of the conversation of pedophilia. And I remember Barkley was like five years old or four years old. I think it was probably four years old. And I was explaining to him about if they other people touch his privates. What would <laughs> other he... people could touch his privates? <laughs> no. You were telling him that? <laughs> but, but, but only if they got, got a <laughs> But only if they derived a certain amount of pleasure. <laughs> that other people 
touching his privates was different from him touching his privates. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And that what would he do if someone other than himself touched his privates? And he thought about it and his face was all contemplative and very seriously, he says to me with very serious tone, I would say, wash your hands. (laughs) (laughs) And I told my friend, Jeannie about that and she said holy I cannot believe my son said the exact same thing so yes yeah so I mean it's like a thing like this is why certain conversations need to be tailored to the audience because people have their ability to (laughs) I'm sorry wash your hands wash your hands so he could use that hand that specific what was it called touch your private sanitizer it's called it's called maybe you touched your genitals hand sanitizer okay well i'm sure that that is a very different hand sanitizer than plain old purell actually it i think probably it probably is just purell and i think that should be in the bathroom because the statistics about the number of men and women who wash their hands after going to the bathroom is so disgustingly low ew what's the final one i would say the final one I'm trying to decide between two different ones, but they're similar. So there's a shower curtain, like a shower liner that you can slip your phone and your iPad into so that while you're taking your shower, you can have them accessible. I think these are really, re- these products just scare the hell out of me. Yeah, it reminds me of Wally. <laughs> Wally! You know, all these things I for lazy the, people. I hated that movie so much. I loved it. Uh, that was like my hated movie. Oh, Wally! I I hated Wally. All right, because you tempted me, what was the very last one that you were contemplating? Because that shower curtain It's very similar. Oh, God. (laughs) You know how they have the little potty seats for little kids? Yeah. They now have a little potty seat for kids with, with an activity seat so that you can they can be on their iPad. Oh, Jesus Christ. And playing with stuff, which just drives me crazy to think about. I mean, just TVs in your car and iPads now on your on the can. It's just crazy. I mean, give your child a book. Yeah, or maybe nothing. Oh, yeah, there is that too. Maybe they could just sit and think for a moment. I remember when we were growing up, we had on the other side of the bathroom door, there was like a poem of like, if you give a child such and such, they will learn such and such. It was a certain poem and it had like all these different th- I can picture. Was it, it on a toilet like a no, you, porcelain uh, toilet? No, it was on the other side of the door. When so when you went to the bathroom, you shut the door, it was on the other side of the door. Hmm. If you give a child this, they will learn that. If you give a child this, they will learn that. I remember that. I can picture it in my mind. Hmm. So I remember learning to read and I remember when the words of that poem came closer and closer into making sense to me. Isn't that weird? That is weird. That's a memory that just popped into my head. Which would you do if all three things cost the same amount? Because this is getting to the sort of fact. And before I give the actual study, which actually this one is out of TPU, for those of you who appreciate our Turkish prestigious university studies, I'm going to ask you first before I get into what the sort of fact result is. Which of which of these three things would you do if they all cost the same amount? I'm ready. Pay your way out of doing something you hate doing forever. Or that would be like hiring a cleaning person or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or buy something really cool that you could own forever or a long time or whatever. Or buy an experience. I've recently done all three or I'm in the process of doing all three. Aren't you cool? Yeah. I I mean, I don't mean to brag, but got a little money. And so we decided, what were we going to do with it? One thing 
I wanted to do is have an experience with my family. So I we went to Cuba. It was amazing. Buying things, we are remodeling our house with some of the money. And the reason why we're remodeling the house is so that we can have an Airbnb. And that we want the Airbnb so that it can pay for someone to do our lawn because we're just tired of not being able to keep up with our yard. Okay. So all three, which one do I want the most? I think right now, the which one I want the most is the yard because I don't have it. <laughs> the other mm-hmm. things I already got. So mm-hmm. I really want someone to do our yard. And I'm jealous of your yard. Your yard is pretty. Yeah, it's looking good, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, the study out, the sort of fact study out of TPU found that 73% of the people poll of these three options. The Turkish people. The Turkish people. Students. From prestigious university. Right. <laughs> found that they would choose buying an experience, but that statistic went down by 27% once that experience had already taken place. So I ask you this final time, everyone. And by the way, feel free to use this podcast, which the intent of this podcast is really to spark conversation. So imagine you are in a book club group, but you don't want to read the book. This sounds like heaven. BYOB and pose the following question. Did you get the best result from what you purchased last? Thanks for listening. And I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Before you take off, I have a few more things to let you know about. One, you can find show notes for every episode of ACLR and links to all resources mentioned at applycuriositylab.com forward slash blog. It's there that we'll wait to read your answers to each week's Curiosity Bite. Two, in order to avoid missing curiosity-bitten conversations, Subscribe to Applied Curiosity Lab Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and all the other spots that podcasts hang out and wait to be discovered. Toss up a review, especially if you have nice things to say. Finally, for all things Applied Curiosity, including information on workshops and your free membership to the Tribe of the Curious, go to AppliedCuriosityLab.com. In the meantime, elevate curiosity.